Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. Uh, happy December, everybody. Uh, welcome to Alex's Christmas present. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. There's, there's, there's three of us. That's enough to form a flying V, right? That means a V at that. Yeah, I get. Yeah, you know what? Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Cause yeah, close, yeah, it's a sure. triangle, but like yeah. that's you can just take a side out. That's fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, we're doing the Mighty Ducks movies. Yeah, Alex has been after this for a while. It's also our first, technically our first. Well, maybe a sec. Our second listener submitted suggestion because my friend Catherine wrote into the show a few years ago, suggesting and requesting, uh, begging uh, even for us to do the Mighty Ducks films. And look, look how fast we turned that around. <laughs> I said, look, we, we Dark Phoenix very, first. As, as has been established, we very uh, vigorously yeah. and sort of vigorously, rigorously is the word I'm looking for there, but also vigorously, yeah. uh, you know, kind of hash out what we're doing at least three years in advance <laughs> um, yeah. to the date uh, podcast comes out exactly when I intend for the podcast to come out every time. Uh, so, you know, if you want us to do something, you know, maybe we can slot you in for 2026. Yeah. Uh, get, let us know. Email us at herecomesequels at gmail.com. Yeah. See what those bad guys are up to. Um, I think one of them is a snake. A couple of snakes in this movie, by which I mean lawyers. Um, but Alex, you're a big, you've been a bit, how old were you when you first saw the Mighty Ducks? Well, that's the thing. I actually have. have not uh, seen the film. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, this is my first time. I just thought it was fun. I just thought a bunch of ducks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, I actually have more of a relationship with the second film, uh, which mm-hmm. the second and third films are called D two the Mighty Ducks and D three the Mighty Ducks, which is right. a weird naming convention, but whatever. Um, so I had the second one on VHS for some reason, but like that was the one that I was super familiar with, and I didn't see the first and third ones until later on. Interesting. I was a little disappointed when I learned we were not actually reviewing the animated series uh, where a group, this is not a joke, a group of aliens that resemble ducks come to Earth to fight bad guys and are also right. a hockey team. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of them was named Duke Larange. He was my favorite. He had an eye patch and a sword because it, mm-hmm. it was, of course, a play on Duck Larange. And then there was one named Mallory, and one was named Grim. Grim, I believe, is the goalie, but the leader had a goalie mask. Right. Well, but Grim was the biggest, and much like the goalie in this one, was coded as a forty-year-old man. Um, but uh, I was a big fan of that show, uh, and all there has nothing to do with this movie. Nothing. Nothing. Except <laughs> that there's a group of things called the Mighty Ducks, and they play hockey. Right. These guys also right. fight crime. And one was named Tanya. What's the leader's name? Quackor or something? Anyway, talk about Quackorous Prime. Was that his name? Yeah. I have only seen The Mighty Ducks 2 once, like, sorry, D2 The Mighty Ducks, once, like, three years ago? Four years ago? It might have been, like, five or six we, at this point. You just showed it to me. I had no context, and I was like, sure. Uh,. I, I think had, your I think your wife was there too. I think I was I just sat both of y'all down. I was like, we're watching D two the Mighty Ducks, y'all. <laughs> You're like, I need this. I need this. Uh, and that is all the context I had going into this. Uh, n- no other familiarity, even with a similarly named franchise. So, 
Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and give the scores. And I just a couple of things I got to point out here. Just a couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the score sheet, I try and write down the movie and go ahead and get most of the information down before we get started. So I just want to point out, you know, if you're looking at the episode list, having Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 followed by the Mighty Ducks trilogy just warms my heart to no end. <laughs> you know, they're kind of they're kind of Blade Runners in this. They're they've got some equipment that uses blades to help them. They're I mean, I guess they're really more Blade Flyers is kind of the I was going to say Blade Runner maybe. actually might be a more apt title for the Mighty Ducks <laughs> maybe. Than for Blade Runner. <laughs> um I am not going to take up I'm I'm going to be economical here and not take up the next 14 minutes of the podcast to talk about the wikipedia for the mighty ducks animated show <laughs> and the various character names i will be peppering it out through throughout sure. the episode sure um but just so everyone knows the leader's name is wild wing flash blade okay <laughs> once again blade runner <laughs> he was yeah. voiced by ian searing from sharknado hooray saved by canard back on puck world <laughs> And he is the goalie. I'm sorry. Uh, I was incorrect. Okay. Grim is not okay. the goalie. Well, that, Wild Wing Flashblade that makes me feel from better. Puck World is the goalie, of course. He has a launcher on his left gauntlet. Mid- mid-90s uh, Disney animation was where it's at. Honestly, though. I, for one, am very much looking forward to the reboot when they get tired of the Disney Plus show and create D2049. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, the, and it's like, I don't know, Hugh Jackman is Wild Wing or something. Yeah. Well, I loved the books well, as I'm, a kid, I'm, so I used to read my. I'm going Ducks with all the. the time. I guess, I guess we could bring in the the show as well. I'm still I'm still working in the continuity and the the naming conventions of the live action. Oh, movies. I see, I see. But we could we could work that. There's there's outer space in Blade Runner. Yeah, maybe they they ne- we, we never see off world. Maybe off world is yeah. Puck World. Maybe off world is ducks. Maybe maybe it's all ducks, <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> I actually Alex, messaged. Would you like to tell us some scores? Real quick, I did text uh, my 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 dear friend Laurel, who is the one who told me to watch or listen to Evermore, the album by Taylor Swift, which is the full title. Sure. Um, that I was watching the Mighty Ducks, and she went, "What is that? That sounds exciting." And I was like, "Have you? Do you know what it is?" And she was like, "No." <laughs> I said it's a underdog sports movie, and she was like, "Oh, okay, that still sounds entertaining." And then I sent her a picture <laughs> of the animated show, and she went, "Yeah, that's what I was thinking it was." <laughs> She's like, so it's not about actual ducks. The- I was like, Laurel, you're speaking my language, girl. Anyway, Alex, what are the scores aside from uh, whatever they, however much they win by at the end? Spoilers. Yeah. Right. So the, the other thing I wanted to point out is just the scores are very disheartening, and I, I don't, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I know I've, I've gone on long rambling rants about about Rotten Tomatoes. I just, it's my thing. Everyone knows it. I'm not going to go on a rant. I'm just, I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. The Mighty Ducks from 1992, directed by Stephen Herrick, has a 21% critic score. Jesus, fair. From 29 reviews, so it's not that many. Right. And a 65% audience score. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And just to say, the next two movies, comparable scores. So. Wow. Okay. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, that's a little, I don't know. If I were <laughs> brave like Canard before him, Wild Wing is also intelligent and just. If, if I, I think we needed a little bit more of that from the critics. 
sure. a little bit more <laughs> intelligence and justice, like Wild Wing Flashblade, who has the mask of Drake Duquesne. See, Britain, at any point, you could just start making stuff up. Like, not, yeah, not reciting the any of this oh, is real. And we wouldn't know. Wait, hang on. Can you see my screen? Let me share my screen. Little, little <laughs> uh, corporate office humor for you. Um, but no, that's... I, I will now read from my screen the synopsis of the real movie that we're discussing today. Mm-hmm. Which, according to the poster, is about a, a man who crams a bunch of children into a freezer and then kind of jabs his thumb at him. Yeah, I mean, like... Metaphorically. In a sense. Um, The synopsis for The Mighty Ducks reads thus. After reckless young lawyer Gordon Bombay gets arrested for drunk driving, he has to take up duck driving. He must coach a kid's hockey team for his community service. Gordon has experience on the ice, but isn't eager to return to hockey, a point hit home by his tense dealings with his own former coach, Jack Riley. The reluctant Gordon eventually grows to appreciate his team, which includes promising young Charlie Conway, and leads them to take on Riley's tough players. Ooh. Yeah, this movie... Uh, it, so I, I had never seen the Mighty Ducks um, a, a, a film uh, because I didn't. Um, as a kid, I was not into sports or movies with the, or didn't have animals in them. Uh, so... Well, there, you could have been tricked by this. I, and I think I almost was. Um, and we got we got in the theater, and I went, "Wait a minute! Hold on, you're Hold trying on. to pull a fast one on me, but <laughs> like old Duquesne, Drake Duquesne." Um, and then you were like, "Batman Returns is in the next theater over. That has real penguins. That had a real penguin yeah. in it. Let's go see that." No, but I, I really do think, and I I did like this movie more than I was expecting to. I really do think, though, it's a if you grew up with it, that is that is the sweet spot for you. I think it's a little bit harder to come to as an adult. But at the same time, I do think it's it is still an enjoyable thing. It's very much an early '90s. Everything's very milky. Everything's very sort of like it, it. It has a it has the weird sourness to it that some of those movies did, but also a real earnestness to it, which I kind of miss, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like I think the modern day version of this movie would be afraid to be sincere, and they even if the ducks won at the end, like it it, it would be almost like yeah, we're gonna be nice, but here's another joke about twerking or whatever. Like I don't. Think that they would really like embrace the. I don't know. This movie has a lot of earnestness, which is at times funny. Um, but by the end of it, I found effective and I liked it. <laughs> like I, I wanted it to feel that way at the end. And I, I think that's probably what I um, come back to a lot when I rewatch these movies. And I do actually rewatch them. Not, I mean, not super regularly, but every once yeah, in a while, just like monthly. Yeah, you know. Well, I way mean, back, if way I back, do... Mighty Ducks, way back, way back. <laughs> I mean, if I do come back to any of them, it's the second one, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I think these movies have that genuine earnestness to them that is consistent through all three of them. Um, so that's that's something that doesn't get lost, I'll say. Yeah. And that, I think that was <clears throat> the biggest thing that surprised me, like the fact that the plot of the movie is that he gets arrested for drunk driving and has to like that's what spawns this like i was not expecting that uh or the plot line about um him and charlie who mm-hmm. basically he becomes like a father figure to him because they left his father he, he and his mom did at some point because presumably there's um you know a, a bad environment they had to get out of or, or something to that effect um so like I was not expecting that and I think that I think 
the movie did a really good job. I really enjoyed it. I, like I will say, I I thought it was great. <laughs> oh, good. I I think there's definitely a lot that uh, we'll get into of like it's very '90s and there's a lot of '90s holdovers and things that are kind of like, yeah, that's weird. Um, but I think it does a really great job of pulling in like how those real relationships can be tied into sports and how sports can have psychological impact on people. And like, ultimately sports should be about the relationships and like that. We'll, we'll get into the whole kind of what the plot is and, and the journey that uh, Gordon Bombay goes on. Uh, but I, I think it does a really good job of having its heart in the right place and understanding like for a kid, what, what kind of, you know, how can we paint a message that's not that that feels real and isn't just like, oh, you just need to learn to have fun and be a kid. Like it, there, there's a real, I think, thing to be gleaned there. I mean, coming to it as an adult of like really understanding the impact you can have on children by like how you treat them and, and how you set up the expectations for them and using sport is kind of a metaphor for that. Like, I, I think that there's, there's some really nice stuff in there. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed a lot of that through line. The fact that I do think, you know, if this was made today, the instinct would definitely be more to make it something that's more kind of silly and yeah, ironic. glossed over. And, and that, that's not to say that like they couldn't have made something a lot worse at the time. I think maybe that's how I would frame it as like, there could have easily also been a terrible version of this movie in the nineties. Uh, but I think specifically today, the instinct would kind of draw away from making something that feels that real and that, uh, that has stuff like that. I mean, there's like language throughout. It's not like aggressive, but yeah. you know, stuff that like you wouldn't really see in a kid's kid's movie mm. today. And that um, does get lost in the sequels. The the cursing sure. kind of gets um, cut out. Gordon does that quite a few times in this, and then the kids do as well. And that basically yeah, all wow. just gets... So it's kind of the opposite think... of Taylor Swift's trajectory. Sure. Okay. To tie it back to Taylor Swift, because that's as really what this is all, all about. All things do, sir. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... Um, but yeah, I, I, I haven't done any research on the behind-the-scenes of this, but I think my... Uh, my understanding is that um, originally this had a darker script when it was first hmm. written. Cause I think when you're writing this in the first place, like having the inciting incident, the guy gets yeah. pulled over for drunk driving and his name is Gordon Bombay. As if that's not on the nose enough that he has an alcohol problem. Um, I, I don't know if it was like, as like they were trying to do like the bad news bears or, you know, something like that. Um, but I think, it might have been, I'm just speculating here, like when Disney decided to pick up the sure. script, it might have gotten sure. passed through a few rewrites well, to help make it more child-friendly. Because originally Charlie's dad is an Alcatraz <laughs> for working with uh, That's the whole third act. They have to play a hockey match at Alcatraz to get his, right. get his freedom. Yeah, and he loses a hand. <laughs> like, Charlie, how are you going to play? And he's like, I don't need to play. I just need to take down Escobar. What? <laughs> Kind of tapes the 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 hockey stick a la Merle yeah. from The Walking Dead. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He did. Tyler uh, has frozen in a way that uh, just looks sort of um, a, a mildly 
miffed father. <laughs> He's just looking at me, so now whatever I say, I'm like, oh, he doesn't. Uh, I can actually see where it's frozen on my screen too, which is interesting. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> sorry, I didn't get the. I didn't remember the defensive lineman's name. <laughs> uh, who is the the, the the that name? By the way, is not Nosedive Flashblade, who is Wild Wing's younger brother. Uh, he did not. In, he was not intended to be part of Canard's resistance, but you know how little brothers are. <laughs> I mean, they always get yeah. they always get mixed up and and stuff they're not supposed to be. Like a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when um, Alex's little brother Mookie is gonna get involved. Yeah, Mookie Alex. <laughs> um. Better than Mookie Bombay or whatever. Sure. Um, this is a, we've gone way off the rails. Tyler, welcome back. Um, <laughs> how, I just well, how to turn did, off my camera. How did we feel about here. Emilio Estevez? Because I feel like with the position that he has in this movie, it would be real easy to just phone it in. I, I think he does a nice job. I think the arc is a little sudden. Maybe that like he just suddenly is is loved. But also, I know what movie I'm watching, so I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um. I think the thing that I kept going back to is how much he sounds like his dad. I just kept amazing. sure. Really, like, I don't know. It's just amazing how he he physically and audioly reminds me more of Martin than uh, Charlie does. Um. But I love Martin Sheen. But no, I thought I think he does a, a a nice job in this. You know, I like him. Yeah, I think he does a good job of jumping back and forth because he he can play kind of the smart aleck lawyer type but when he needs to get more emotional and actually earnest with the kids and yeah you know particularly those those nice just one-on-one moments with him and charlie um i really think he's able to handle like the father figure angle of that very very well um tyler did you have a emilio take before i say my thing no i i agree i think he does a good job and i think it i think it works well throughout the movie kind of looping in how he starts off the movie being very driven and competitive and uh kind of sticking it up to authority and, and not you know being kind of a team player in this uh law firm that he's working at uh i think they do a good job and he does a good job with his performance of kind of roping that into he still has some of that drive and some of that sort of just generally being annoying. Uh, but he starts applying that in a way that's more kind of genuine and, and has like kind of a good heart in the right place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Motivation. So I, I think throughout overall, like it's a good, yeah, he takes it in a good place. Him, him selling his boss on getting the kids new mm-hmm. hockey equipment. Yeah, He's like, like you can get your own Jersey. <laughs> yeah well and you know it I, I like that that he was he goes for the pr thing of like oh it's great pr we're the firm that gives back because you know otherwise his his boss is just filling the pool with champagne and swimming with big names and blowing through money on the boys in the ballet and so now he doesn't have to do any of that uh you mentioned charlie and the the father-son scenes i really liked joshua jackson in this movie like mm-hmm. i just really had this like and obviously, like, I know who he is, Pacey from Dawson's Creek, and I, I'm not how I was introduced to him, but I... Joshua Jackson Joshua from Jackson. Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> That's true. Um, 
there's this like there are shots. There's a shot of him. I think it's towards the end. And he's like, he's all sweaty and his like hair's all messed up. And I was like, I love this child. Like, I just had that sense of like avuncular or something affection where I was like, I just have my heart is just aching for this boy. Like, I love this kid. I think it's a good child performance. Um, They don't like ask him to do too much. But he does what he has to do well. And I part of it was, I think. And this is extremely vain, so I apologize. But in one, maybe in that shot I'm thinking of, I was like, oh, my hair does that. <laughs> and I think I, you know, I was like, oh, he kind of looks you like me. You saw a little bit of yourself. Right, like literally. And I was like, all right, cool. But uh, no, I, I just, I don't know, just something about him. The way you just like attach to a kid in a movie sometimes, like, I just really love that kid. And that's how I felt about Charlie in this movie. I, I don't know. I've, I've never had a, th- a particularly strong opinion of Joshua Jackson. But in this movie, I just really like, oh, man, I need that boy to be okay. Yeah, and I I think that's just such a hard thing to get right with these kinds of films, particularly when you have an ensemble like this. Is just getting a bunch of child actors that are going to perform and perform Mm. consistently, and they all have good chemistry with each other, and they act well against the adults. I have a lot of opinion about the kids, but we'll get there. sort of on well maybe it's just because i i know which ones kind of stick around for the sequels so i'm i'm fairly attached to to certain characters like i really like goldberg i really like um averman like there's just some that Mm -hmm. stick out to me and i'm like okay i i I know cool or moments that i really like from them that i i get in future films yeah um yeah eldon henson (laughs) of course yeah he i was he's, he's great the best <laughs> it's also funny to see him be like the big tall tough guy in this when he foggy is not that tall to them, right on daredevil i was like wait a minute but no i was i guess man, he's great yeah i guess he just had a growth spurt early in, <laughs> in adolescence care. and then uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> no uh, that he was awesome i like that character a lot yeah and danny tamborelli and reed getting in there yeah well this is one of those movies again it's very early 90s where it's a bunch of kids, but they're all played as, like, New York wise guys. Sure. You know, there's a lot of, like, hey, Tony, that's your mother. Hey, what do you do? I give that back. Hey, what? You got, hey, over here, Tony. Hey, boo. It's all that kind of stuff, even though they're in Minnesota and are 12. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well. uh, I, one of them is played by Jesse Smollett. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I, I think that's really all that needs to be that's said. That's all that one can say, because that character is not particularly drawn otherwise. Which is also the second movie we've reviewed with him in it, because he's also an alien covenant. Oh, uh, wasn't there. Well. <laughs> but. I mean, Ty- Tyler was is... there in body, but not in sure. mind. Yeah. Well, yeah, Alex I don't... watched Empire for a while, but. Review is a strong word, <laughs> I think. <laughs> for most of our episodes. <laughs> that too, but. Yeah. Well, no, but in a different way. I would also say, I also enjoyed Goldberg. He is coded as a 40-year-old child. <laughs> there's yeah. something about it's very like oh my mother you know we got to get back to the <laughs> to mm-hmm. to the whatever um i i will the two boys i did not like i did not the one i really didn't like was the really little guy with the leather jacket and the backwards leather baseball cap he's a little too punk yeah. for me i was like ah come on get get the get him out of here um would you be surprised if i told you he's not in the sequels no i'm assuming he had to go make newsies because that's how i feel about these kids if they're right. all proto yeah. newsies <laughs> like uh, and I'm, I gotta, we're gonna go ahead and throw the gauntlet down. I didn't like Averman. I found him annoying. <laughs> See that? Well, I, no, I don't like the gag where he's just like repeating like a dumb nickname he's given to somebody. Sure. 
Well, and, yeah. and that's repeated a couple of times. That gets dropped too. He, I, he, I, he also is very yeah. much like he's doing all the cultural references and styles of humor that the forty-year-old guy who wrote the movie. You know, things where he's like, oh, man, this is like a Johnny Carson bit. Oh, he's going to do like sure. a Milton Berle reference. And it's like no one knows what that is in 1992. The kids aren't. And especially not in 2022 now. Yeah. So there's <laughs> like, just this weird like, lost you what are you? What? But <laughs> I I felt like an Averman, I think, is a good example. I To me, they were all annoying in the way that kids should be yeah. annoying. I think they all worked pretty well for me in that regard. And, and Averman had some good stuff. Uh Early on, there's a bit where he gets, I think Connie, uh, like punches him to the ground. And he's like Connie, and then she she hits him and he falls to the ground. And he's like the velvet hammer while he's sure. lying on the ground. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there's a part where he's like doing a um, what do you call it? A baseball banter, like dugout banter. Right, he's right. Like hey, bada bada bada. Hey, bada sweet. And then uh, Gordon is like, that's not. Yeah, it's, it's hockey there's no there's no bats and then he's he like pauses for a second and then he's like hey goalie hey <laughs> I need to go. Like, I mean, there's, a, there's a few good sure. bits with him and there are some there's some stuff that's definitely like it's annoying but it's in a way that to me works well to be like okay yeah that's yeah that's true this this is how kids generally act definitely there is some of that where it's you know they're they're being written by adults yeah and, so, and they're getting jokes that kids wouldn't really yeah grasp onto or go with but well and and i think this movie does a nice job where it does often feel like they especially early on they just put the camera on and told the kids to just do stuff yeah but i think i mean that in a good way because it feels like they're all like they're all talking over each other and having seven conversations at once and they're all just running around and diving in the limo Mm -hmm. we want to ride they're all doing all this which is that's what 12 year olds do um you mentioned connie i also really liked her because I did not know this uh, before I watched it, she was in Wet Hot American Summer, uh, which is a terrific movie, and I love it. And uh, she was one of the because you know Wet Hot American Summer, like everyone in it's famous. But when I went into or would go, go to be famous, when I watched, I didn't recognize her. And this time I was like, "Who? How do I know? Oh, okay." But yeah, she's great, and uh, I I like that they never made made a deal out of her being her or a Tammy being girls on the on the hockey team mm-hmm. they never were like oh a girl's gonna be in this there was no like nobody likes a mad woman you know i don't know they just kind of were like yeah they're on the team like it's never brought up and i mean in, in a very good normalizing way i thought that was really cool where again i'd be like today there'd be a whole like would you uh ask me to do this if i were a girl yeah you're on the team <laughs> like there would be some they would really try to underline like we have a girl on the team uh, so I like that this didn't sensationalize that. Yeah, agree. And I, I think as a team overall, they have a really good kind of bond. That one that sticks, one scene that sticks out to me is they're all, uh, they they get in a fight over. I think somebody makes a crack about Charlie's mom when they're all in the chemistry class, which is also kind of a neat thing because earlier on they say, uh, Tammy and is it Tammy and Tommy? Am I making yeah. that up? Is, yeah, that, right. is that what they is that the decision they made <laughs> to name those characters uh they they mentioned like oh tommy's in my my chemistry class yeah we know him um and then later they see that he's in the chemistry class it's like okay they're all in the same class neat that's that's a bit of a little bit of continuity there that to me goes a long way because a lot of movies i don't know wouldn't care about something like that um also the, there's a teacher in that scene who is fun and just trying to talk through 
uh, molecules. Yeah. That a, a elementary or yeah. middle school, elementary school science teacher is like, yeah. Yeah. He, do, he doesn't um, have the sort of bad boy pizzazz of the teacher from, mustache teacher from Stranger Things. Right. <laughs> this is a tweedier sort of scholastic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, they all get into a fight that starts with this initial encounter and they're like insulting each other a bit and like turns into a bunch of pushing and shoving. And then by the time they all sit back down, they're all like cracking up because the, the principal is coming in and screaming at them. Um, and it feels, it feels very natural. It feels very genuine. Like the, they do a lot of pushing and shoving and, and sort of tussling with each other throughout the movie. Uh, but I think it comes across well as like, they you can see that they have like a bond from kind of being this really terrible hockey team that they've just been like suffering through yeah. adults who don't care about them and don't listen to them and like i think i think all that came together really well for me um do you know alex or you would know do we get more detail on the other kids like family lives and everything in the future movies because in this one we only really see charlie's uh, and like one other kid's parents not so much, really. I would say the second film, at least, is much more focused on them as a team going to... Because basically they get invited to like the Junior Olympics mm. or an equivalent to that. So it's about, uh, it's much more like, oh, we're traveling to a place and we've got to okay. compete there against all these other countries. That's really what the focus is. Okay. Um, the third film, maybe a little bit. Okay. Because I don't know. I'm, I think uh, it doesn't initially bother me. Because, like, I, I don't need to feel like these kids all come from, like, difficult home lives and it's they're all tragedies in their own way. I don't need it to get that, you know, morose. But right. I I think it was just because we obviously get Charlie's mom and then there's, like, another parent who's noted a lot and that's it. Maybe that's the only reason it's it kind of stuck out. Jesse and Terry's father. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he has... He has that bit where he he kind of chastises Gordon. He's like, "I sacrificed working overtime so I could see my kids play, and you're you're treating the team like crap." Yeah, well, he's like, because I really liked this arc where the sort of mini part of the arc where Gordon's teaching them to cheat because he's like, "They can't play. We're just gonna get our right. way out of this." Yeah, and the parents are like, "Why? Why?" <laughs> and even the kids are like, "We don't want to do this. We want to actually play." I liked that yeah. that choice. Yeah, I mean. Most of this stuff, like, I feel like most of this stuff isn't, like, home run, this is brilliant. It's just, like, no, it's it's just, like, a well-made, perfectly fine family film. And I think that's that's really, it, I because I was looking through some of the reviews. Like I said, there weren't all that many, but most of them were, like, yeah, it's just kind of generic family kid fodder, like, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but it, I think it's well done. It's well made. Mm-hmm. It might be by the numbers in terms of the story, but it's it doesn't forget that, oh, we need to have, like, character arcs and build relationships and have it be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I... Oh. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh. Hey, speak now, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, <clears throat> what really works for me about it is that <clears throat> you have a lot of these these character relationships that are set up well. They're tracked throughout the movie. It's very clear, like, what they're doing with each character. Um, and it's set against a, you know, again, maybe standard comeback story. Um, the, the kids who have nothing, they're they're trying to work together to uh, come against these insurmountable odds. Um, 
in order to you know play good hockey and i i think the movie does a really good job of tracking how he transforms the team by like showing i mean it it, it works obviously because uh he also played peewee hockey so it's like he, he can apply some things there and like and the fact that it is like it's not professional or like college hockey it's like oh these are kids ultimately it is a lot more believable that somebody could get some kids to you know be motivated and align on something and, and do good at this sport together when you don't need to have like you don't need to worry really about like the athletic advantage in a lot of ways there there is some of that with the, the rivalry with the hawks um but it's not like you can, you can sell that a lot better of like, yeah, just, I mean, this guy came in and basically like figured out what all their strengths were, got them to practice better, got them better equipment, uh, you know, went through a series of different things to make sure that they were set up for success better, figured out, you know, what his best coaching style was and like ultimately was able to motivate them to enjoy the sport. And that got them invested and, and helped him, get them to be a good team. Like that all works so much better if we're talking about like, these are kids. Yeah. They're, we're not, <laughs> he's not going and turning around like an NFL team. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's almost uh, the Ted Lasso thing of like, sure. I think Ted Lasso does a very good job of showing like, Oh, a guy who has no idea what he's doing. is going to be terrible at coaching <laughs> adults in, in football, at least initially um, or in soccer. Uh, so I, you know, I think that, that works in the movie's favor. And I think the comeback is sold really effectively. It's not surprising where they go with it and how they end up having them win. But, and we can go into, I'm, I'm just steamrolling along and getting into the finale here. Uh, <laughs> the fact that the finale is tied into the way that Gordon missed the game winning shot in, he had a, he had a penalty shot to win the game uh, that they ended up losing in uh, the championship and back when he was Charlie's age, basically. Uh, and, you know, he was, like, on the road to success. Uh, and then he basically missed the shot and was kind of totally, before and after the pressure put on him by his old coach was totally unfair and very, like, disappointed in him for not being able to do something with skill like something that like it, it, it does a really good job of establishing like how this is the coach's fault that he messes this up and how like if he'd handled it differently if the coach had handled it differently if he did mess it up then that could have changed you know kind of the trajectory of, of gordon's career and, and life and goals like I think it does a really good job of establishing that as kind of the inciting incident. And then having the, the arc that Gordon goes through is that he ultimately lands on realizing that only being, only wanting to win, only being like, you know, the most competitive person you can be. Not only is that just like a terrible mindset to have, but it's also not going to make you as successful as if you are more like comfortable, stable and centered and, and able to like, emotionally handle the situation and say like all right you know i he coaches charlie through like look at look at where we are this is you know a great opportunity it doesn't matter if you miss this you've practiced this a lot go out and try it you know you you can do this like go give it go take that shot 
like that's such a good i think ultimate lesson and message to to track through the movie of how he comes through uh and and sort of ends up realizing why his old mindset was wrong um and how that was really instilled in him by this coach who's totally obsessed with winning but is also really only getting by because he's in like the district with the best teams and the team that's had the history of winning and like I, I think that is, I, I, you know, it's not groundbreaking by any stretch. Again, it's it's like, that's what you would expect from a kid's movie about sports. But I think it really sells it in a <clears throat> realistic way that doesn't feel shoehorned in and makes the kind of comeback and the big win at the end feel earned. Uh, I, I really like the way that a lot of that came through. I was like, yeah, this is, this is a movie that I'm like, I want to show this to, I mean, I did watch it with my son, but he... <laughs> I don't know how much he gleaned from it. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I would revisit this with him. Like, I think, you know, it's it's a good lesson. It's a good um, a good way to show, like, how it, it you it's not just the, like, oh, you, you it's more it's more important to have fun than to win. But it's also, like, no, athletes don't, uh, they, they aren't successful because they're cutthroat and, and win at all costs. Like, they also have to take care of their mental health and they have to, like, be able to, uh, handle high pressure situations and the the path to that is not screaming at people until you get them to do what they want like uh, I think it, it's sold well I like I like the way it's all put together yeah I think there's there's something I, I think people are starting to ease up on this but at least for a time in my life I feel like I heard a lot of folks complain about nothing's new it's all the same stories over and over again and their predictability is bad and blah 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 but I think I'm at a point in my life where whatever I watch, I don't. I need to stop expecting things to surprise me and ask yeah. them to be made well. A surprise can be great, but you can only get surprised by something once. But you can be satisfied by something multiple times if it's told well. And so I would rather see a moment I saw coming done well than a surprise that doesn't make sense to me 20 minutes later when I leave the theater and I go, but wait, why did that actually, why was that what happened? Um, and I think that, uh, you're right, like an underdog sports story should be something that I, or, or I should say it is something that people often are like, yeah, yeah, we know. But when it works, it works. Like Ted Lasso is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think it is breaking new ground in terms of the way it like portrays male relationships and, and male emotions. But that's a different conversation. Yeah. But in terms of what the basic plot is, like it's not that that different. It's just done really, really, really effectively. Mm-hmm. And I think this this does it uh, as well. I think it's, I think it's a, a nice thing. I did... I kind of I found it funny at first and by the end charmingly funny that like ha- again the earnestness of like him remembering uh, uh Lane Smith plays the evil coach him coaching him as a as a kid and it was all hazy but then there's these like poetic shots of young Gordon mm-hmm. skating around <laughs> like he's in that scene in Flashdance yeah. yeah it's hilarious yeah I also I got a little confused because I thought it was a different actor playing the coach in the flashbacks because I was like, okay, in the flashbacks, he looks like Tom Bosley in the present. He looks like he reminds me of James Mason. Did he just morph, but he's the same age. Did he just morph into a different old man over time? Is that what the movie's positing that he didn't age? He just sort of transformed. And then I went, no, it's the same actor. (laughs) They're just the way he's lit and the camera angle just makes him look different. It's just whatever weird material they put over the camera for the flashback yeah. scenes. Just made him look like, <laughs> look, look like Don Bosley. Um, look, Disney has come a long way in their 
de-aging technology <laughs> yeah that's that the new uh indiana jones and the dial of destiny where he goes to the shrine mm-hmm. of the silver monkey um they're just gonna put vaseline all over harrison ford's face be like look he's 42 and then pretty much <laughs> and walk away from it some concealer <laughs> it'll be great but he doesn't look a day over 70 but i think i i think they did a really nice job of of painting this thing where Gordon, you know, gave everything he had to this coach that changed his mind. And I really like that they, they paint that well. And then making the coach a villain, not just in that he's like snide, but that his mentality is, you know, we can't just beat them. We have to destroy them. Like when there's a, I think it's the first time they play them, they're ahead by like seven. He goes, no, 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 we got to keep winning. You have to, you're not winning by enough. You're not winning until you've really just, you know, I don't know. If, if the skate fits, walk until you break it, you know, just like really shove it into the, into, the, into their face. Um, I like, I like how they give, they make his philosophy very clearly different. I guess, Alex, you'd know this better. I guess it's a similar thing to Karate Kid. Um, the mentality yeah. between the two, uh, dojos. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say Coach Riley definitely, definitely has some Cobra Kai energy sure. going on. There's some Martin, and, uh, whatever. Clunas. And that was another bit Toad. I liked as well that they, you can see, the way they handle the two teams in the big finale is like the kids on the, the Hawks are just sort of generally miserable and like when, when, or they're uh, just like robots. Like yeah. The, like when, the one kid who's been completely brainwashed. So he takes out uh banks. Yeah. Yeah. I, but then like, like I did my job. They play that, <laughs> and they pulled out a gun and they shot. They really him. <laughs> do. They code that like it's a full-on Sopranos. Like I, it feels like they had a different act, like an adult actor do ADR for that. I did my <laughs> job. Thanks, Vincent D'Onofrio. And then <laughs> just it's crazy. I think they also do an ADR for Fulton at one point where they go. <sighs> they play yeah. in like this low rumble. It's hilarious. Uh, but I, I like that they show the the Hawks team kind of not, uh, it's not just that they're not having fun, but like, they're just sort of like generally anxious. Yeah. And like when they, when they lose, they're not like, Oh man, they're like the, their the, souls are broken. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, yeah, the shame that they feel and they know like how much grief they're going to get from their coach and like how, how awful the whole situation is. We're like, with, I think the movie does a good job portraying how the ducks are, by coming together as a team and yeah having fun they're also they have better chemistry they're better at at playing they have all these different like tricks and like skills that they pull out uh which again works i think a lot better in something where it's talking about kids playing sports yeah. and not like yeah. <laughs> the estevez isn't like coming up with a, a, a football trick play to like out outsmart an NFL defensive coordinator. Like he's yeah. he's just like doing some stuff that like throws the other kids off and they're not really expecting and, and by pulling out all the stops he's able to make this work. Yeah. Oh the flying V is great. It's just this nice like mm-hmm. above tracking shot that's really nice and, and Tammy doing the pirouette is really good. Mm-hmm. Like yeah it's it's effective. And, and Fulton uh, Reed has yeah. his has his amazing shot where he's like twenty percent or one out of five. Yeah, yeah and we get the camera on the puck. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. I will say we escalate that a bit in the second film. Yes. Keenan Thompson oh, shows up. Oh, I was going to say in this film they do. He, 
he has what it, what he refers to as a knuckle puck shot, and it's it's great. It's I, I love these movies. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming eventually they'll use a puck blaster, like apparently several of the animated ducks. Um, possibly that they kept over from again canard's rebellion (laughs) lest we forget that not only was there a rebel but that there was some sort of defunct government on puck world (laughs) that required a revolution I assume it's not a sort of a dystopia. Oh, I, that is. I don't know. Ho- hockey is king. I hope they say uh, no. The bad guys are dinosaurs. That's not a joke. Um, okay. I assume they call it, but they bay of ducks at some point. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but to go back to the actual film, I, I like all the stuff about ducks stick together, play for each other. You know, you are a team, work together. I liked all that stuff. I thought that was was effectively uh, effective, obviously for coaching, but also effectively touching. Yeah. And like the bit where he's like, we don't want to be a duck. Those are stupid animals. And he's like, no, they're amazing. And they do all these great stuff. And then I can't remember if who the first one to say, yeah, I'll be a duck. Is it Fulton? It might yes. be Fulton. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And then one by one, they're like, yeah, I'll be a duck too. Like, I think that's a really nice moment. Yeah. How, how do we feel about the character of Hans? I feel like you mean his magical ice skating friend or ice skate making. I was friend? gonna say because he he especially feels like the most like we just plucked a character out of a a generic family film. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I I still like him and I, mm. I like the scenes with him, but he is mainly just an exposition machine, and sure. he's just like I'm gonna give you some world building about this little crazy yeah. community of hockey that we got going on here. Well, I genuinely expected at the end of the movie for him to chuckle knowingly tap his nose and disappear into sparkles <laughs> or go up a chimney yeah because it's, he's making again they do say he's scandinavian in in the dead of night he is in his magical workshop working on an ice skate and then gordon comes in and without looking goes hello gordon and gordon goes how did you know <laughs> like it's it's i i do delightful. like that at least hans has a realistic answer for why yes, he knows no, it's of course Gordon. but like <laughs> he's like oh you were the only one that used to sneak him through the back there right but it, it, i was like oh okay i thought he was about to say i have a, a you know uh, i have another sense that you don't know about i, I mean, have so, so i have stupid. my way he starts he starts being like well that reminds yeah. me of this old story back in, in in the the home country or whatever you know sure sure this is some stupid thing and and then like at the end of the movie like you see the the snow blow off of the the rest of the nameplate on the on the thing and it says hans dumbledore and you're like what <laughs> uh no i or i even better hans gruber what you were born a bombay <laughs> i think that the you know, i i did like the character it's just like you said Alex, he really he really does feel like what kind of character do these movies have and do movies like this that have snow have <laughs> like sure it's yeah. this guy who is magical but not literally right like yeah. you could convince me that this character is in both home alone movies <laughs> yeah 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 sure yeah, and I say both because there's only two of them, and we're not doing only them. Two. I could, I could see, uh, I could also see Sylvester Stallone talking to him in one of the Rocky movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know that would blood, be a sure. real Rocky Five kind of move, right there. Yes, yeah. The Expendables are like, hey, 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 you've I always go, been good to me, Hans. I gotta go get some more equipment. 
<laughs> hello, Expendable. I don't remember his. I don't know the guy's name in that movie. I think it's Expendable. Oh, hello. And he's like shining I, up a howitzer. I, I think he's I, Expendable I know, number three. I, I know. I know the answer. I know. I know what his name is. But I think I, I'm fine with just calling him Expendable. Okay. Yeah. But we'll it's, do those movies eventually. Sure. We won't. We won't do Home Alone, but we'll do the Expendables. You know, it, it's it's not Czech Grin Hardwing. You sure? Interesting. You know, maybe maybe there'll be a twist in the next Expendables that that was his name all along. Maybe, and then that we'll find out that uh, Sylvester Stallone is a master of Thai quack dough. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> re- reading it off. See, but that sounds like something that would be in one of these movies. Hey, From what I, I remember of the, of yeah, the second movie, it's not. that sounds like something that would come up. I, I should not. I be nervous, Alex? You mentioned other countries. Should I be nervous about perhaps the uh, um, sort of presentation of some of these nations? I don't remember that being okay. Bad. Okay. Good. I don't think. Okay. Well, also, I just don't want to. I don't want to think about the entrance of anybody to like shamisen and gongs and stuff. Look, all, all, all I can say is Iceland is evil. That's all you need to know. Sure. <laughs> the team. The team. The team in the movie. Well, I mean, I say interpret it any way you want. We, we have a huge listenership in Iceland. <laughs> Reykjavik is like our main thing. <laughs> uh, is it? Is the second movie? Is it like inspired by what? What, what was the the Olympics during the Cold War? Uh, is that the miracle? Yeah. yeah, well, because that's what I, my first thought was like, wait, when I was remembering when Alex, you were mentioning that it's like a junior Olympics. I was like, wait, is this is it just like copying Miracle? Because I was thinking Miracle was like a much earlier movie but that was like 10 years later. I don't think it's technically the Olympics, but I, I okay. want to say it's the junior Goodwill Games or something like that. OK, cool. That sounds like a really more like uh, le- le- legally good. legally free. Uh, yeah, more more like the junior good bill games, <laughs> right? <laughs> we really are a flying V, guys. Hey, watch your mouth! <laughs> Come on, man. Being a real nosedive. What was the name? Flash Flashblade Nosedive Flashblade over yeah, here. Yeah, you know. Harrison Ford. Like I said, it, th- these are all Blade Runner characters we're talking yes. about. Bill. Oh, dear me. Um, how did we feel about... I don't about- know why Kennard started the Duck Rebellion. <laughs> In 2049, there are ducks and Repla ducks. <laughs> and they must... <laughs> it's just Ryan Gosling walking around trying to figure out if he's a duck or not. But he just got this massive duck bill. He's like, I don't understand. Extreme, like, I, ha- I have memories. I have memories of coming out of an egg. Those aren't your memories. Those were given to you by a different duck. You know, I think I think we've got a solid pitch for Disney right here. Look, <laughs> it's look, a game changer. I, look, Bob Iger's Do back. You- He's 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 back in charge. Mm-hmm, he's ready. He's ready for pitches. <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think we could convince Hans Gruber to incorporate duck quacks into his score? Did I say Hans Gruber or Hans Zimmer? Hans Zimmer. You said okay. Hans Gruber. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> and I, I thought you so much better. Score. I, I thought you said horror instead of score. So I was like, Robert Eggers. <laughs> Did I say Hans Gruber <laughs> instead of Robert Eggers again? Okay, I was gonna say I wasn't going to edit it because I don't care, but I think that might be a totally unintelligible thirty seconds if I don't. Edit it. So, 
to repeat, do you think that we could convince Hans Zimmer to incorporate Duck Quacks into his score? Because I really like the idea of just quack. <laughs> I like the idea of every now and then you just hear quack, quack. <laughs> turns out that's that's like an integral part of the oppenheimer score it's like there's there's a whole there's a whole subplot of like in between sessions of putting together a nuclear bomb killian murphy's just out like just feeding ducks yeah just walking around like a pond <laughs> that's some that's some vigilante stuff right there no i, I say <laughs> we we call up uh bob Iger and we're like Never, not never in your wildest dreams did you could you come up with a pitch like this? It's Blade Runner meets Mighty Ducks, uh? and then mm-hmm. you know the, the Disney company loses seven billion dollars. <laughs> He's like, we don't even know. We didn't give you this much money. How did Bob? What did you do? And he was like, Puck World. It just got out of hand. <laughs> We we kept coming up with new, new lore Disney for it. <laughs> with new, make a make a new Disney World park. All the uh, all the folklore or puck lore. We just had to uh, <laughs> look what you made me do. <laughs> it rebuilds the entire like Blade Runner twenty forty nine uh, Los Angeles, but yeah, there's just ducks everywhere. I really like the idea. It's not a seawall; it's a puck wall. It's protecting us from all the pucks. I really like the idea. <laughs> All the ice from the rinks have melted, and so there. I like the idea of Mackenzie Davis walking up to Ryan Gosling, and you know she's all sexy with her boots and everything. She like leans on the table and she goes, "Quack." (laughs) Oh, you don't you don't like real ducks, do you? (laughs) I've never I've never seen a lily pad before. You know, duck stuff. See, and and we couldn't have this type of wonderful material for you if we hadn't done this right after Blade Runner 2049. That's true. That's true. We planned it perfectly. We planned it perfectly. How did we feel about the romance? You're right. I need to calm down. Um, the, 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 uh, The romance to me, honestly, did feel a little rushed. And I think, or maybe some of that comes from, we were told about, uh, and here, here's the sign right here. What's his mom's name? Terry? Casey? Casey? Casey. We, we're we told about her more than we're... I believe Terry is one of the children. Okay, well, so. then we are shown of her. Like, Charlie talks a lot about what her life has been. I and mean, we I like the scenes between her and Gordon, but I don't feel like she stands alone enough as a character. Um, sure. For that, it, it feels more like a, you are good coach, you are good mom. Yeah, relationship than a oh I'm rooting for these two characters it's more like well, she is there to prove how reformed he is by the end not that he's pro- shown to be any kind of like skirt chaser or something at the beginning um, but I don't know it feels like she's more of a tool for Gordon's arc than it is a, a, a real romance yeah. yeah and I think that might have been okay if they had kept it from being a romance sure. like if he was trying to pursue her and she's like no you're the relationship you have between my son yeah. you and my son like that's too important he sees you as kind of a father figure now we can't get involved because if we break up that's and they do that's not gonna fly they do talk about that yeah. and like have you know conversation of, yeah. of of confronting that but it, it is kind of done in a way that's a little more like it'll probably be fine yeah uh and i i do think this might actually be a negative on the second film She's missing from the second film. Like they don't. I know. was wondering. Yeah. They don't really if, talk about her. I think she shows up a little bit in the third film. That's it. 
Which I I think the movie did a smart thing of not ending with being like, and they're getting married right. or like it's it's just like <laughs> they're like we forgot the ring and then you see the puck spinning towards the camp <laughs> like the camera's on the puck and it's got the ring. Uh, the husband and wife on the cake are holding hockey sticks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but they they you know they kiss and like Charlie's like oh well because like Charlie's been <laughs> what are you doing all time. Uh, and like that is a good note I think to end it on and not have it be like oh they've totally you know committed to each other and like this storybook romance has happened before our eyes it's just like yeah they're still you know they're they're dating they're interested in each other so um I do want to ask Alex um this movie I think does test your I, I assume at least it tests some of your limits because there is a uh, a hefty speed ramp uh, sequence. And I wondered, <laughs> yeah, I during would... that I was like, all right, Mr. Mad Max Fury Road, let come on, Alex, defend it, defend this to me. <laughs> I, I, I think each of the films has like one distinct like comedic sequence that's just it's... like completely out of place and should be removed yeah, altogether. So the setup is several of the kids, and this is just to show them and like what they do when they're not yeah. in school or playing hockey. They just like playing pranks on people, I guess. So they get like a dog who's just walking around to poop in a bag or poop Hmm. in a purse, excuse me. And then they stick like a $5 bill next to it and like trick people into trying to steal the purse because they have it just laying on the ground. And then when the person just, you know, finds out what's in it, they just kind of throw it out and they freak out. Yeah. And then the, the person who does find it starts chasing them. Yeah. And then yeah, well, and they they reverse their ramping. car like a mile, mm-hmm. and the, right. yeah, and the kids are all like, "Don't blame me," and they're running. It's it's well, it's wild. the weird thing is, I can't tell if it's supposed to be like, well, they did it in a Christmas story. We're just doing that, or if it's we had a much longer sequence intended, but the sequence sucks, so we're just fast <laughs> forward. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering because it's all like. There's a it's lot filmed. of shots, just like camera. It's angles a whole in thing, whole like scene. like yeah. it's coherent, like it goes right. from beginning to end. It it probably would be a good five minutes if it was not shortened. So like it, it makes me wonder, like yeah, did they just like it almost feels like if you're gonna do that, just cut when he runs, yeah, when he starts running at them, and then they're like oh no, and then I don't know, you jump to some other scene. I do like, like the idea <laughs> of movies going. This scene isn't good. We'll just make it go faster. So you're watching BVS, <laughs> and they're like, way. what do you say, Martha? That's his mother's name. And then you're just back to the normal. <laughs> like, I mean, Ugh. you know, you know, sometimes, sometimes you got to not, not dwell on a moment, you know? Yeah. You just got to move on. <laughs> but it's interesting because it's not, it's not like critical, like, like you get the whole idea yeah. from the prank that they do. Yeah. The, the mighty ducks. Like, you got to not dwell on a moment, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> I mean... That's <laughs> relevant. No, it's fair. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is a strange, strange little thing going on there. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, it's it's not a big deal because it happens so early in the movie, and yeah. then it's just right. like, okay, that's just gone. Yeah, it's more and like the rest okay. of the movie is like more coherent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I agree, and I think it's it, the scenes I'm thinking of in the sequels aren't as distracting as that, but they do insert like just dumb comedy scenes yeah. where the movie just kind of halts for jokes. Right. Cause like this doesn't really pay off at all. It's not like, Oh, the kids have 
they, they stick a, a hockey puck in a purse full of dog poop yeah. and or they they actually pull a prank on someone and it gets them arrested and they get put in juvie well that's how i you know. that scene is to me just from general movie language i thought it was supposed to like we are now presenting these kids as punks that gordon mm. will reform through his his good deeds but then that's the only real scene we see of any of them doing anything debaucherous like they're all yeah, like again I, they're wise guys but they're not like quote unquote bad kids you know i do think it's particularly weird that charlie is a part of that group yeah that's a little weird yeah because for the rest of the movie charlie's just like the cherub you know yeah yeah it's it was it's a it's a weird moment but you know gotta gotta fill the runtime um probably my favorite running repeated moment between all three of the films and i'm um, um, spoilers they they win they continue to win um, <laughs> they just can't stop winning <laughs> they can't it's it's, oh, look, it's, it's the it's the tragedy of ava they Perone. tried well they it's it's the third one is a sort of ava perone like you've always been a climber where do you go from here right. you know it's lonely yeah. at the top reflecting other yeah. success. the sort of yeah. like oh the my dream is a plateau where do i look yeah, I, str- I look around struggling with yeah with what you know there are they, no more worlds when to i look for my riches i see <laughs> there, only, there are no more i see only, <laughs> there are no more fuck worlds to conquer <laughs> <laughs> look they tried three times to lose we, they we, tried and they just sure, couldn't yeah. they just kept yeah. winning it's the it's the duckums razor of the <laughs> but alex go on they, so they keep winning but i really like how you have like this dramatic moment of somebody's trying to score the final goal. Um, they end up getting it, uh, and then th- it's just like five minutes of just jubilation, and everyone's just celebrating and hugging mm. and going all over the the hockey rink and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's it could purely just be the score, and I will stand by this. Um, the main Mighty Ducks theme that is. Um, I believe David Newman is the composer for this film, but it gets taken over by another composer for the second and third films, and I think it just gets better. The elements that I like here just get expanded upon for the score. Um, I really love that theme. Everyone, go look it up on YouTube and listen <laughs> to the Mighty Ducks theme. It's it's it is genuinely one of my favorite like movie themes, um, and just like everyone just celebrating at the end of each of these, like it just it warms my heart. It warms my cold, cold heart. <laughs> I, we were both laughing good. during that warmly, but quietly. So if it sounds like Alex talked about something lovely and there was silence from his two friends, don't don't take that as a... Then that is correct. <laughs> 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 it's not, not Christmas yet. <laughs> we don't know you anything. Yeah, we don't need to be nice. We're 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 pre duck Bombay, and that is a sentence that I loved saying. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's that's the first Mighty Ducks. <laughs> I'm glad y'all liked it. Anyway, that's the movie <laughs> and scene. Um, he does run into some old teammates who I couldn't. The way the scene played, I thought those were actual hockey players. That they got to cam- are they not cam- I'm, I'm I'm saying maybe they are. They got to cameo okay. in the movie because it, it feels like it, you know. Um, and so then it ends with there's no way of knowing. Really. Yeah, I, I don't know. Gordon goes off to uh, not audition Britain, try out <laughs> for the the <laughs> miners. 
Well, yeah, audition. He's gonna audition. He's gonna sing "Giants in the Sky," uh, and do. He's dressed for movement, um, as you should be. Yes, you know. the only way to do it. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what how you guys feel about the start of the second one because it it very much it it's a sub, subversion of sorts to get Gordon back to coaching the ducks okay does he push one of the boys from this movie out a window and say the things i do for pucks and then <laughs> keep going britain you have seen d2 I the have. mighty ducks you've been lying this whole time That's right. pull the feathers from your eyes <laughs> <laughs> no i'm uh, uh, yeah i yeah. haven't seen that yeah, I, I'm genuinely glad that, that both of you liked this. I was not expecting that. I was expecting this to be a horrible disaster and you guys to be like, Alex, we have completely wasted our time. Why did you do this? <laughs> because that has happened before. <laughs> I, uh, James Bond. Oh, I well. can also confirm that the they they were real players. Those were cameos. Okay. Uh, this also tells me quite a bit about uh, my understanding of hockey because i did pull up mike madonna's page uh and under like the bio it's like oh when when was he born height and weight says position center i'm like okay sure you know basketball-esque makes no sense to me uh then it just says shot left i don't know what that means i have no idea what that means (laughs) uh and then like it's got a link to the wikipedia page for this and then, oh, oh, there's, okay, this is like, is this like a baseball pitch? Is, is the, the, the knuckle puck that we'll learn about in the next movie, is that a, a special type of, of shot? Mm. Yes. Does one of them, right. uh, <laughs> is it realistic in the slightest? Probably not. Does one of them to steal the puck, stretch out the hockey stick like Michael Jordan's arm in Space Jam? Yeah. Ooh. Once again. Britain, you're you've been lying this whole time. You have seen D two the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I, I wrote them all. <laughs> I'm I'm Stephen Brill. <laughs> I'm the puck now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me. Um, I give the movie a B plus. A B minus for me, but I liked it. I don't know. I was I would I think I came in thinking B, but the more I, I've talked myself in to uh, slightly higher right there, I think it's quite solid. I think I'm gonna agree with Britain. I think I'm gonna go B minus. Wow, who would have predicted? <laughs> We've kind of created our own our own flying V uh, with <laughs> well, <the> <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm just setting myself up for failure because I know next week I'm gonna be like D two A plus, and you guys are gonna be like C minus. I know you, Alex. <laughs> That you didn't get. If you give the D two an A plus and you wouldn't give it, we had to, we had to like hold you down and force you to give No Time to Die an A plus. I don't know. I don't know what world we're living in. I don't think I even gave it an A plus. Yeah, I think I'm pretty you probably sure gave I it like. You're right. You're right. B yeah. plus. I'll do it. I'll do <laughs> I gave, it. I gave No Time to Die an A. What are you okay? doing? An a. All right. I got that, that episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. Me. So I <laughs> guess we'll just do recommendations. Britain. Britain. Um, 
Any more cool facts about the Mighty Ducks animated series? <laughs> Listen, actually, yeah. Do you want to hear about my favorite villain, Daddy-O Cool? Oh, I was only kind of joking. Oh, no. Thank you, actually, for reminding me. So this is a, this is a character. <laughs> he's a deformed beat poet who is into monster trucks. Um, in the episode Monster Rally, he challenged the ducks to a monster truck battle and had planned to put toxic waste into the world's water supply to make the world a, quote, cooler place. Um, it stated that he was once okay. human until he fell into some toxic waste. When his plan is thwarted, the toxic waste changes him into a 1950s insurance salesman. His men are digger. What? His men are digger and dragster. <laughs> and that is the character. Daddy-O. Again, cool. I think you've been working on writing up things and just, like, seeing what we what you can get by yeah. us. Uh, sure, here. it's all just... I've been writing treatment for midnight. No, um, it's all real, and it's... It's, it's true, all of it. It's, it, it's true all of it the the saurians puck world the puck world everything puck runners 2183 coming to a cinema near you <laughs> man jj abrams just like really screwed up the mighty ducks he always does this he just screws up things we love look you keep that man away from the, the ducks okay? i'm talking about the animated series don't worry he doesn't want real people stuff keep that man away from the ducks he only wants space stuff um Perhaps, uh, I don't know how to, uh, I don't have, I didn't, well, I started a couple of movies this week, but I haven't finished either one of them. Uh, at least one I will finish. But uh, so I'm going to go back. A few weeks ago, I watched Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Um, I probably mentioned this on the show before, but I really, really love Weird Al. Um, I haven't seen a lot of concerts, but I did see him several years ago and it was fantastic. Uh, he just really makes me happy. Weird Al is, is just a celebrity who strikes me as a really lovely guy. I I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think his his comedy is more cute or charming than it is like truly funny. Although some of it I think is really, really funny. Um, but I, he just makes me really happy and has since I was like in sixth grade and the, the movie, this is of course the one starring Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, it really does play like a long, funnier die sketch, which makes sense considering where it's from, sure. but it, it, not in a bad way. Um, it's really enjoyable. The cast is fun. The cameos are delightful it is overtly silly. It, it goes so off the rails in a way that I both did I both did and didn't work for me, um, but it's still enjoyable. You've also got Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna. It was great to see her get to have some fun. And my Professor X, Toby Huss, um, is in there doing his thing. And I won't say any of the rest of the cast because just, you just got to see it to, to believe it. Um, but it's just fun. So I, I do recommend that movie. It's on Roku. It's free. Check it out. Um, I think it does play best to people who are fairly familiar with his work. You don't have to, you don't have to be like an expert or anything. This this isn't Bohemian Rhapsody, but Shh. you know, just like catching I mean, some of the references. Uh, no, nothing ever could be. No, um, but really, not I not even yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> From what I hear. Uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, but I I I recommend the movie. But really, I just recommend Weird Al. Just listen to his stuff. Watch concert footage. It's so delightful. And just watch interviews with him. His episode of Hot Ones is really good. We have talked about Weird Al before in our episode for Rob Zombie's seminal classic. Oh, that's Halloween right. Two. Of course, he is not in to that. be confused mm-hmm. with Halloween, too. But <laughs> go and watch the scene of him and Chris Hardwick messing with Dr. Loomis. It is because it's delightful. It is a- <laughs> truly bizarre moment in cinema and culture uh 
And the best scene in that movie, yes. and maybe that whole franchise. That's not true, or is it? Uh, I don't know. Tyler, what did you recommend? Yeah, uh, on uh, this, I recommend this Halloween Resurrection, the do. best movie in the Keep house. talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I want, Tyler, we, you're gonna have to edit this episode with a weed whacker. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I have never edited an episode with anything more than like some blunt child scissors <laughs> so i don't know I don't, that's a tall order um i uh watched the guardians of the galaxy holiday special and that was cute it was neat get some kevin bacon in your life that was that was fun that's probably would just be my recommendation um we also watched disenchanted and it was not very good and i was very sad about that because i like that first movie quite a bit um uh, uh I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch that. I it looks fun. The holiday, the holiday special, special yeah. I assume not. Yes. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with that. I think. I mean, it's you know, get you in the holiday spirit a little bit. And it's it's neat. Uh, I don't have a strong recommendation this week. I kind of went back to something I've watched before. I started um, binging the newsroom, mm. the Aaron Sorkin show starring Jeff Daniels. That is quite good. Uh just three seasons it's was made about a decade ago um that's just i don't know if like a comfort food type show is the way to describe it but that's it's just something i, I like it's, it's very well written of course and it's just endlessly entertaining and every once in a while uh, the youtube algorithm does something nice and we'll just put scenes from that show in my feed i'm like all right i was i was I like afraid that. you were gonna say i i went back and watched something i rewatched. i watched uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween films. <laughs> it's just—it's like comfort, comfort food. food to me. Those there are, wouldn't be a situation where I'm like, you know what? They weren't that bad. It would be no. I can confirm they still are terrible. <laughs> Alex does have a habit of doing uh, things that he knows he'll hate to verify that he hates them. Which hey, like, what do, what do I know? I've watched. It's like TV. It's like I'm afraid I'm gonna forget. <laughs> It's uh, like, no, I'm fine. Still there. <laughs> it's still there. Well, uh, I I had a good time watching this movie. I'm I'm interested to to mm-hmm. see what the second one's like. And I do feel like the other people I know who really enjoy um, the Mighty Ducks movies, D two is kind of the the Dark Knight, if you will, of that trilogy. That's the one people get to get really oh. excited about. Oh yeah. Yeah. So much <laughs> like uh, the Dark Knight, everybody dies, and there's a motorcycle. And, um, and it was weird at the time the director described one of the bad guys as being like the joker he said he was just an agent of chaos and everyone was real confused in 1994 about what that meant well at the time he would have had a hockey stick where a, th- a, a flag pokes out that says bang <laughs> like mm-hmm. the time Turns out colin trevorrow's favorite movie growing up was d2 the mighty Ducks. <laughs> oh you have a friend <laughs> call him up <laughs> Look, I gotta have something to bond with them over. It ain't gonna be Jurassic World. I mean, otherwise, that's gonna be a long sleepover. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Uh, look, every other Saturday, man. It's gonna be just gonna be sitting there being like, I don't know, you wanna listen to Cardigan again? Like, how do we get through this? Oh, he, 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 he keeps asking me if I've seen Book of Henry, and I'm like, ah, sorry, man, it's, it's on the pile. I just, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, we just gotta, gotta work through... Uh, everything else what's the time travel movie he did safety not guaranteed i think yeah yeah i'm not 
I don't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you have a meme to describe, Tyler? Have we been gifted? I a don't meme? think so. Let me double check. Yeah. Uh, no one, no one wants to send me memes to describe, and I'm very sad about uh, this. Come on, guys, don't don't leave all this blank space in Tyler's inbox and life. Yeah. He he's a parent. Give him a meme. <laughs> that's all. I, that's all I survive on. Um, if you would like to send us a meme that I will describe in excruciating detail on this podcast, you can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're on Spotify at HCT sequels. No, we're on a Twitter at HCT sequels. I got very distracted because I got an email at that exact moment. I was like, Oh, does someone know is someone, is someone out there <laughs> listening? And no, it's, it's something from Emilio Estevez is listening live. <laughs> He's sending us memes from the mighty ducks animated series. <laughs> What is happening? Thank you for giving me my next Google search. <laughs> if you find one, send it to me, and also we'll just do it live. Um, I, uh, I, you can find us at <laughs> HCT Sequels on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at herecomethesequels.boxbot.com. I am concerned about the reactions Britain is having to Mighty Duck memes. Uh. But yeah, give us a like and subscribe. Do five stars. Uh, I don't know. D- d- engage with the content. Speaking of. Final warning. Or just listen to the Mighty Ducks theme on YouTube. I'll settle for that. Yeah. Come on, guys. Okay. Oh, we, we've been sent a meme. The meme is coming from inside the house. <laughs> Has it gone through? It has gone through. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Is this the only Mighty Ducks meme? It's, Have we found the only Mighty I, You Ducks know what? Meme There's meme. one other one that's not as potent as this, which is saying <laughs> something. <laughs> oh, that's actually, I didn't scroll down far enough. No, but we got other episodes to do. Go ahead with this one, Tyler. Okay. This is okay. going to be All really right. good. So what we've got here, what we've got uh, this meme... Uh, I would say most of the space in the meme is a <laughs> blue sky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is a band of of aggressive looking duck warriors of some sort. Um, it's very pixelated. I think they're the, the uh, duck sort. Right. Um, there is sort of like a red band at the top that looks like maybe somebody has tried to print this out <laughs> and then like copied it and something went weird. <laughs> Um, I will say <laughs> they have to like um, go up to the library at the librarian and go, can you help me with the printer? <laughs> can I print out my mighty duck meme? <laughs> if had, if, um, listen, if I have a nickel, the, there is a, a duck on the left that I would describe as Nick Fury duck. <laughs> That's uh, Duke orange. Yes. Okay. That tracks. Um, there's a duck, uh, who has sort of those like, pointy mm-hmm. school teacher type glasses right, right. and like yellow broccoli hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then some other guys who just like, they look kind of big and bulky. Yeah. Like they'd probably be out of like the Buzz Lightyear show from this. That's time a period. good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same kind of style. Uh, there is one who's sort of like hiding behind the, the, sh- the giant shoulder pad of another one uh, and looks kind of like awkwardly in the corner. Um, <laughs> And the, the our our caption here, kind of the meat of our content, is uh, <laughs> the caption. Uh, 
the caption does just just say at the bottom bring back the mighty ducks cartoon <laughs> text on a picture that's a meme it- <laughs> if, if, there's, if there's one thing you get from listening to our episode, it, let it be that. Let yeah. it be that. I've been Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Tyler. Uh, I've been Britain, and uh, I support this message. And you are having a good night. Quack. <laughs>